Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson. Aaron Dotson is back with us after a hiatus of a few weeks. He had some duties at home that he had to take care of that have to do with a special announcement we're going to make here. But before I'm not going to do that, I'm going to let Aaron make that announcement. Uh, this is Christianity Now, the podcast where we talk about contemporary issues that the Lord's Church is facing, and we look to God's timeless truth on how to deal with them and how to interact with the world, the modern world. Anyway, Aaron, there's a verse that we like to read. Do you have that at the ready? I do. I do. Awesome. I'm trying to trying to be like these sons of Issachar and be ready here. Ain't that uh, of the First <laughs> Chronicles twelve thirty two serves as a basis for our podcast of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their command. Absolutely, I got to have understanding of the times. See if we don't have understanding of the times, we might as well just take ourselves out of the world. Yep. We've got to learn how to live by God's principles in the new covenant. That's it. If we don't, we are casualties probably <laughs> in the spiritual battle. Yeah. Well, you know, t- talking about spiritual battle, um, I listened to a sermon from Kyle Butt and he made, he asked the question to the audience. He's like, Hey, listen, there are two armies arrayed in battle or about to be arrayed in battle. One of them is unaware of the other. Would you, which, which, which army would you lay odds on winning? And he let kind of let that sink in. He said, the correct answer is the army that is, that, that is aware that there is danger and a battle ensuing. Which he tied that in to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, all that good stuff. Absolutely. We have to know. And, and, and I, what I found from what we've done here, Aaron, is um, there's some of my brethren that are just largely ignorant of the machinations of this zeitgeist, these things that are springing up in the world, and they don't understand that, that it's gotten this bad. They've yep. fallen prey to normalcy bias. Well, this is, uh, that's just abnormal. No, these, these people, these, these powers that be, are literally grooming your children as sex objects. Yep. I remember, I remember when I was in the Memphis School of Preaching, I made a, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and we were joking around about his tie that was pink. And somebody that overheard it got really offended that I would make a statement like, well, you understand pink is for girls. Mm -hmm. And he pushed me on it, which if you push me on it, I'm going to defend myself. If he would have just, nah, pink ain't for girls. Men can wear pink. I would have probably just observed the Passover. (laughs) But this joker tried to tell me I was wrong and, and tried to gaslight me like I was ignorant. I'm like, look, son. I've been on this earth longer than you have. I remember when this started, and I remember at the outliers, the the the, the stores on the fringe. Like um, there's a there's a store in the mall that young people shop at called Spencer's Gifts, and they would have these cutting edge T-shirts back in the early '90s. And one of the T-shirts was a pink T-shirt, and the and the and the humor of the T-shirt was don't. Uh, 
don't laugh at me. I got this T-shirt from your from your mama's closet or from your girlfriend's closet. There was two or three of them. Which what what's the implication there? The only reason I'm wearing a pink shirt is because it's it was your mama's <laughs> or it was your girlfriend's. In other words, pink is for girls. And I'm like, I saw this. There was a time when boys did not wear pink because it was a girly color. And and whether you agree with it or not, that's just the way things were. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, it's still the way things are. Pink is largely for girls. Blue is for boys, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And and I'm 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 using this because it it kind of shines a light on a on something that's kind of endemic. <clears throat> this this idea of well, this is not really happening. Uh, you know, you're you're just a conspiracy theorist. You're reading too much into it. Yeah. And uh, that's why we that's why we do Christianity Now podcast. Anyway, about, about all those years ago, I said if I were going to erode Western culture, and I eventually wanted to erode the very family unit and the fabric that ties us together, I would start with blurring the lines between male and female, boy yep. and girl. Yep. All those years ago, and I could see what we are coming up on, what we're what we are in now, oh, where yeah. men and women are interchangeable. There's no difference. It's just all the same. Well, when when you've not only questioned that, but pushed that to the degree that we have now as a society, then you can change the very fabric of society. Everything that it's not limited to just girls and boys. It goes in every direction then, because that's so fundamental. If you deny such a fundamental truth there, uh, man, you can, you know, that may not be a very good argument, but it's true. It's well, it's it, it's one it, of the it, you can accept more and more and more more than ever. It is one of the it that. is one of the first lines of demarcation that was ever in existence. The exactly, first line yeah. of demarcation is in Genesis. The difference between light and dark. Mm-hmm. The second is good and evil. The mm-hmm. third, male and female. Yep. Yep. Hey, that'd be a good sermon. You just gave me a sermon. Oh well, I I preached. Uh, so I preached that several years ago in Bay, Arkansas, and uh, there was a couple of members there that were. Quite frankly, these old shire pussies, and I, I don't mind saying that because I mean I was affectionate with them; they were affectionate with me, but they were still sour pussies. Okay, I didn't like that, huh? Uh, well, no, no, they really liked that. So that's the thing; they were sour oh. pussies, but they really doted on that sermon that I preached about the lines of demarcation, mm-hmm. and I tied it into. If we can't go back and we can't understand there's a line of demarcation between good and evil or light and darkness, good and evil, and male and female, well, then we can't we can't know whether or not we're saved. We can't, you know, the right. the, the the line of demarcation between the saved and the not saved. Yep. It, it, you know, the line of demarcation between male and female, husband and wife, all of it falls apart. This yep. this whole gender deal is an attack on God. Absolutely it is. Yeah. It's an attack on God. Yeah. Well, like I said, when you change the very fabric of society right there, what what the what the world system has done, what the left has done there, whether or not they admit it because they will not, but they have caught themselves on their own pitchfork. 
they, you know, they, they've hung themselves or they've hoisted themselves on their own petard. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Google they have. That. That's an interesting, yeah, that's, that's an interesting how, phrase. Yeah. But I can see what you're saying too. The whole normalcy bias, you know, the whole disbelief, just yeah. responding to these things in disbelief or like trying to minimize, oh, well, it's, and you hear this, and I don't know which way you want to go with it, but you hear this often from good Christian people. Oh, they don't teach that in my school system where my kids go. Oh, yes, they do. Because we're conservative. We're in Alabama. We're in Arkansas. Yeah. We're in Georgia. We're in. No, they they teach it. Here's what I want to know. What, here's what I want to know, Tony. How does that parent know? Does that parent sit in the classroom eight hours a day? Every How do they know for sure that that's not, I mean, it's just a practical you, observation you, question. You're meddling. You're meddling now, Aaron. How do you know? You Are just, you there the whole entire? Because yeah. see, you think, well, they don't because <laughs> your kids don't maybe explicitly repeat it to you verbatim. That's right. But they're being softened little by little by little. Well, that, that's like, uh, I want to get back to this idea of the normalcy <laughs> bias about some some stuff that I was accused of being a conspiracy theorist over that turned out to be true. But uh, back to what you were saying there, and when we're going to get into the Aaron special announcement, it's very important, okay? But we haven't done this in a minute, so we're catching yeah. up. Yeah, get excited. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, where was I going, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Normalcy bias. Normalcy bias. Um, critical race theory. One of the things that, that people on the liberal left do is they say liberal ra- critical race theory is not taught in school. You're right, okay? The same critical race theory that is taught at Harvard Law. Okay, there are courses about critical race theory taught at Harvard Law, other prestigious law firms. No, that is not taught at Black Oak Elementary School in Hornbeak, Tennessee. Okay? (laughs) But the the core principles of critical race theory, the building blocks of critical race theory can be taught. And you never have to use the phrase critical race theory. You can just teach that if you're white, you're bad. If you're not white, you're good. And if you're white, you're privileged. And if you're not white, you're inherently oppressed. And it's the white people that's that's oppressing you. Mm-hmm. That's the core tenets of critical race theory. Yeah, that is sinful, and it's also not true. And Christians need not buy into it. If they do, they're going to bust tail wide open because it's a sin to bear false witness. Mm. Anyway, but that's being taught in school, and the way you know it's being taught is because good folks will say. We don't need to teach this in school. And the other folks, the bad folks, will say, well, nobody's teaching it in school. And the good folks will say, okay, well, then let's let's write laws that make it illegal to teach in school. And they say, no, you better not because we want to teach it in school. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like the grooming. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, we're not, we're not grooming, we're not, yeah. grooming children. Well, okay, yeah. then so we're going to write it into law that you can't talk about sex with a child unbeknownst to his parents. No, you can't do that. Why? Because we want to talk about sex with children unbeknownst to their parents. So you are grooming them. So you are grooming them. Yeah, when they're accused of what they're doing, they hate that. Oh, yeah. And and that's the thing. It's not even accused. It's like what Matt Walsh did with Vanderbilt University. Vanderbilt uh, University, or the Vanderbilt uh, Hospital, uh, started a program, and they talked about exactly how to make money by removing the genitalia of young boys, about mutilating the genitalia of young girls, about elective breast augmentation, mastectomies of girls as young as 12, 13 years old. 
And all he did was highlight, hey, this is what you're saying you're doing. And they came after him, but they eventually stopped it all because all he did was shown a light, was shine a light on what they were saying. Well, the light's powerful. That's it. That, that's to say it. the least. It that's is. That's it. That's all you got to do. Whenever yeah. you turn the light on, cockroaches scatter. Yeah, they do. The cockroaches scatter. Yep. That's why we need to be speaking up about these matters instead of saying, well, we need to stay out of politics. Right, because it's not it's, politics, is it? It's, it's not. It's not. Not, not the way that term is used. No, most it's people not. when they think when they hear the word politics, they think the well, well, you just want to, you're just a Republican, or you're just a Democrat. No, 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 no. Politics is how the polis is operating. The polis, the city, the society. If Scripture doesn't affect society, Scripture is impotent. Yep, Jesus. and that means God is impotent. Absolutely. The way God affects society is by Christians being involved in society. Folks, that's politics. Yep. Uh, it doesn't matter how you slice it. Yeah, and you can see how God in the long ago, righteousness exalts a nation. But that's sin it. is a reproach. A nation. A nation. Know, that's a it. society of people. Well, that's and, the Old Testament, Aaron. It really doesn't apply. All right. Under the New Testament, righteousness doesn't <laughs> exalt a nation. It yes. damages a nation. Sin good. actually helps the nations in the New Testament times. <laughs> that, that, is, that is good hermeneutics, my brother. <laughs> I know you obviously should feel the sarcasm dripping off of that. Yeah. Let me yeah. get back really quick, and then I want to get into your special announcement. And I do have a video for today, but it's only one. Okay. Because I figured we'd get caught up in talking about a bunch of ancillary, or not ancillary, a bunch of different stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, where was I? Oh, yeah. So I was accused of being a conspiracy theorist. Do you remember, uh, what's that movie, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Frozen. Frozen, yeah. Anna and Elsa, they're sisters. When I saw that, the, my first reaction was, well, there is the LGBTQ representation in the Princess lineup, because now you have a lesbian couple. And people were, oh, no, that's gross. You're sick. They're sisters. Doesn't matter. Disney understands how important the optics are. These little two, three, four-year-old kids don't look at, they, they don't understand the romantic relationship. They just understand there's... There's a uh, male and female prince and princess, prince, princess, prince, princess, prince, princess, princess, princess. And it's, and it normalizes a same sex couple, a same sex yeah. princess couple. But mm -hmm. these kids, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be high fidelity. It just needs to look like it. It needs to have the, it needs to have the, uh, lookings of it. Hey, and have you seen both of those movies by chance? Frozen? Yeah. No. Um, so so I have multiple times. In the second one, they have the one sister marrying a man, but mm -hmm. the sister, the other sister doesn't, and it makes you, I think, I don't know. I think they probably left that open to just, you know, May she, have. Can, she can do whatever. May have. It's just interesting how they did get one of the girls. Yeah. Again, call it what you want, but there are subliminal things there that – you know, okay, good. One of the girls married a guy. And then yeah. there's another one that's left open. She kind of goes out into the wilderness and connects with uh, yeah. nature. And she's one of the spirits of the wind and the water, yeah. and the, you know, that kind of thing. So and, for a moment, though, take your focus off of the movie itself. Because the movie itself doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's the advertising for the movie. It's the cups. It's the blankets. It's the sleeping bags. It's the pillowcases. Mm -hmm. It's the commercials. It's the... 
uh, party appearances. Anna and Elsa appear together. Always. Mm-hmm. They're a couple. Now, they're not a romantic couple. Yeah. But they're a couple. And Disney, so later, like after I was accused of being a sicko and a conspiracy theorist and just dumb and foolish, months later, Disney came out and they actually said the reason we had Anna and Elsa is because we wanted the optics of a lesbian couple. <laughs> they said go. it. And they, they said, we wanted young girls who had two mommies to see representation in our Prince Princess lineup. Yeah, there you go. They'll tell you. And I'm like, they, <laughs> you know what? No, no, nobody, nobody apologized to me for calling me a sicko or a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. I guess I had fun calling you that. I know. You reckon I need to hold my breath till it happens? No. Oh, that makes me think of a post that you shared <laughs> online. <laughs> oh, talking to the one recently, Brad Harib. I didn't know. Boy, that was a good post. Yeah, I didn't know. If you I, I want to send him. I want to send him the eighty-six dollars for being a good teacher. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a that's an inside joke from our preaching school days. <laughs> Keith Moser used to used to always say, "Man, you need to send me eighty-six dollars. It's my fee for teaching." And he would give some scriptures about how you you owe the teacher money. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, before we get into the comments, I want to check out your comments. We got 14 people watching. It's crazy. It still blows my mind. I don't understand why anybody would watch me do anything on the internet, but y'all do, and, and Aaron's here, and you're watching him, so thank you. Aaron, where have you been, man? Why have you not been on the Christianity Now podcast? Well, I've been making some adjustments lately to my life, like like uh, like I haven't done for seven years. <laughs> there you go. Well, we had... Uh, Molly June, our second daughter, she was born uh, December 13th, 155 okay. p.m. after two hours of, uh, well, what's the word to use? After uh, good labor, yeah. <laughs> two, two hours of solid. But anyhow, it was uh, a good experience overall because mom and baby were healthy and God answered my prayers the way I wanted it, that they would be okay and be healthy. And yeah. And uh, didn't require surgery or anything, so that was good. That is so, good. Yeah. Now, so we was ever? I don't want to get too personal here, but was everything good with the delivery? Did she didn't have to have a C section or anything? No, no, didn't have good. to have any surgery, C section, anything like that. And so, it was, uh, it was, you know, it did not go to any steps that we didn't want to go to, good. Uh, if unless it was absolutely necessary. So. So the, but, uh, the picture that you put up as your profile picture on Facebook, how long after the birth was that picture taken? Uh, I think that was the day after the birth, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I started to say, because Lindsay looked really good there. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, what yeah, in think, the world? Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I believe that was the second room that we were in. You thought, wow. <laughs> well, you know, hey, you know, I am a believer in this. If a woman can have a natural birth, generally speaking, they are able to look and walk and talk differently than if they're drugged up. You know, oh, that, not, that's just common sense. Like that, yeah, that just, I mean, that, that, that's, that just goes without saying. Well, it should go without saying. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking again at the pit. <laughs> yeah. That was the second room. We were on the fifth floor first and we had uh St. Bernard's here in Jonesboro. Yeah. And, I looked uh, at that and I was like, man, is that like, how, how long is that, that just after seconds the- after the baby was born? <laughs> yeah. I know it. You know, cause sometimes people do post those pics, you know, it's just, yeah. 
just a you know hour or two after the baby's born, you know, take some water, clean him, clean, yeah. clean the baby, weigh the baby. You I know, may have a couple fingers, toes. I may that. have a couple pics. I don't know for sure. I kind of kept my hat on because my hair messes up easy. Ha ha. Yeah, it but does. I just <laughs> I put my hat on right. Uh, I think I had it on right right after the baby was born. Yeah, when I first held the baby, when she took a picture of me holding Molly. Well, I declare. But it is super great, wonderful <laughs> blessings, and it's a huge blessing to have a seven year old that's uh, very alert and helpful. Cheyenne. Oh, I could not. I could not imagine. I wish I could just be there and nobody know I was there so I could watch mm-hmm. Cheyenne. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With the new baby. Yeah, it's wonderful. I just we just pray, you know, that's the whole thing before we had another child it was we've only had her all these years. Yeah. And we obviously knew there'd be a, an adjustment for her. Well, of course. And uh but uh I just prayed that it would catch well and she would love her in her 7-year-old way and Absolutely. And she's, and she's done that, you know. She's been so helpful and what she just had a good attitude, and I've tried to like <laughs> talk to her privately too, one on one. You know, if yeah. there's something you need to talk to dad about, uh, you know, about the baby, let me know because I want her to feel well, comfortable always expressing how she feels to me and mom. You know, that and you'll have to probably have to be more. Um, so I don't have any experience in this area because Anthony and Abigail were 18 months apart. It's like raising twins with them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was. Uh, it, it's, yeah. But I, I can imagine, so I can, from from my experience with Anthony and Abigail, I can imagine if you got a seven-year-old daughter with a newborn, you probably need to be uh, conscientious and, you know, once a week or something like that, you and her leave the house together. Mm-hmm. Like, you, just you and her. Yeah. You know, maybe, or it's, say you can't leave the house. Just go out in the yard, have a tea party, yeah, something like just that. us, yep. Where it's just you and her, no baby. Yep. And I, that that that'll go a long way. I don't think you'll have yeah. any problems. Yeah, uh, you know, it's good good competition, good healthy oh, competition. Yeah. You know, yeah. for children. To, what sibling rivalry and that, and it teaches. Yes. Oh man, having a sibling teaches a child so much mm-hmm. about delayed gratification, about not always getting your way. You don't really about, realize that until no, you become an adult, right? And it teaches them about justice and fairness mm-hmm. and equity if it's done right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have a wonderful opportunity ahead of you. Yeah, and I know Always. that y'all might might or might not be through, but I mean, I, I I hope you're blessed with another couple before y'all decide to give up or well, give up to such a pejorative <laughs> I to know. stop is what I, I mean. <clears throat> well, we have I we've decided we're not going to have any more biologically. I understand, but adopt you Ma- a Mama, slew of them. We but we are considering adopting one in the yeah. future. It would be on a little ways, but. Yeah, we we've even talked about that since the baby's been born, and Mama sounds like she, um, she's you know it it it. it I guess originally that was her idea, even before. Sure. But then it became my idea too, and I liked it and everything. But we thought well, we'll try one more time to have biologically, and right. But even since the baby's been born, Molly's been born. We've talked about that about because we we told the parents when they came up here, we told them the labor was was pretty tough on Mama this time, right. And once you hit 35, which Lindsay's 36, and I bless her if she's watching this, you know, baby, you know, but it's It's built to beans. Yeah. The medical world treats 35 and older like you're basically ancient old history. Well, as as (laughs) far as child, as far as they do childbirth, it is. Used to, it was 40 and over is the, you know, the level of, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. The threshold. 
yeah, the threshold of just, you know, a higher risk. But now it's, I say now, I mean, I don't know if it's been, we had one seven years ago. Of course, seven years ago, we weren't, we were under 35, but yeah. I'd never heard of 35 and older. I thought it was like 40 and older, maybe 45 and older for all I knew, you know, but yeah. we were, and I don't mean anybody was just outright, you know, ugly to us, but it was, it was a constant thing of, well, because of this, we're going to have to have more appointments. And it was just maybe, yeah, you could, you might've been treated like you were irresponsible. Like, don't you know what you're getting yourself into? Hey, yeah. That may because have been part of it. People, you know? people with multiple children also, when I say multiple, <laughs> like people above, two or three children I've heard have run into people treating them not nice. Yeah. Even, even to the point where the woman being referred to as a dog whelping pups, like, Oh, you don't have children. You got a litter. You know, you know what I mean? People do tease people with, you know, three and more children is constant. What's the Bible say about, a blessed man with a Blesses quiver the man full of arrows. Quivers full of them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. like oh, arrows in the hand of a warrior. You know. I know. Well, so. we because of the labor and everything. Lindsay said, if if that had been the first one, she said wouldn't I wouldn't have had a second one. I said, man, I'm extra glad Cheyenne was born first because yeah, Cheyenne's birth was one of those deals. She came at a day before 39 weeks, and it was just it happened from the time like on a Friday evening. Uh, till the next morning when she was born, it was like a total of 12 hours of labor. And I don't mean like the full yeah. active labor. I'm talking about from when you're just getting those little miniature labor pains that you can sit and literally she sat and watched a football game with me on Friday night. Lindsay did yeah. when she, and then the next, you know, she wakes up at three o'clock in the morning with actual active labor pains and we go to the hospital, boom, baby's born within three hours. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't so much the active labor was so long with Lindsay with her. It was, we went past the due date right? and you know, they were talking about this, that, this, that, and the other, we would possibly need to do this. And so, you know, because, and and like I said, the, because of the labor pains too, uh, it, she said, I'm glad this was the second one. So the parents came up here and we said, we're not planning to have any more, but we seriously, we may adopt one, you know, at at some point. So, you know, we're, we keep that open. We have um, a couple here in our church here that are, they should be getting at least one or two sometime before this month is over. I mean, they're just holding their breath waiting. They finalized all their stuff with the state, it, all that. It bothers me to no end how difficult it is to adopt it, in Western me too. culture. Oh, man, you want to hear me just rag and rag something? It, it ought to be. angers me. If we're going to live in a world where abortion exists, it ought to be as easy to adopt a child as it is to abort a baby. Amen. Amen. It's it's a system where they are, they're they're like it's like extortion or something. They're they're, you know, I know private adoptions are real expensive, but some of those paths of private adoption are really good. So I'm not going to yeah. throw the baby out with the bathwater. But the whole state system, it's supposedly it's free, you know, but it just takes so long, and they just it, they ask the same questions over and over and over. I've heard several cases where these caseworkers lose their paperwork, you know, three yeah. months in, six um, what, and and they've already answered every question three times. I know it's it's a mess. It's 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 awful that it's that hard. It is pathetic. I, yeah, and it ain't nothing to, ain't nothing to do but gripe about it. I know. It. I mean, we can try to change as much as we can, but can't. I mean, there, there there's. The solution is to change it. That's it. Yep. 
because it's arbitrary. It could be changed. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that hard. But yeah, we've had a great, you know, now we're just adjusting. Baby's doing well, feeding all, you know, little by little. Yeah. But you know how it is with the baby. It could be going good for a couple weeks and a couple nights they don't sleep good. You know how it is. You don't sleep good. You're tired, but it's all good. It's totally worth it. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. All right. Let me get into the comments. Before I get into the comments, we got 16 of you watching. Be the notification bell. Be the algorithm for us. Share, share, share this. Also, if you're listening to this on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio, or anywhere else, be sure and subscribe and just click the share button and copy the link and paste it to your Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Help us get the word out there about our podcast. And uh, let's go to the comments. Brandon Dreschner, good morning. Uh, earlier in the podcast, I used uh, zeitgeist and some other word. He said so many big words. I don't mean to do that, but I was I was waxing an elephant. Yeah. Jonathan Exum is a good morning, and dishonest people pass the blame to try and take away their responsibility. You've got that. And Brandon says, I've seen examples of where CRT is being taught indirectly through math word problems. Exactly. That. That's the thing. You don't. It doesn't. You don't have to have a a a, a one hour blocked off uh, scheduled class that's labeled critical race theory for it to be ingrained in the culture. You know. Yeah. And uh, talking about politics, Jonathan says, "Well, I guess Daniel was wrong, huh?" <laughs> he says, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, Daniel and, was. Uh, ooh, Douglas Connor. Was... Con- Douglas Connerly wishes us a good morning. Hope all is well. It is well. And uh, Scott Beck says, congratulations. Jonathan yeah. says, Tony Brewer for president 2024. <laughs> I don't think I'm crooked enough to run for president, to be honest with you. I don't think you have enough bodyguards to be president. No. You'd, you'd have to have a million-man foot soldier army to protect you. Yeah. Congra- thanks, Scott. Thanks, Jonathan. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate David Stambersky uh, says, too many Christians have been dumbed down by this culture to believe a lie. Uh, and Tony, those people will not apologize because of pride. And, and I, I agree with that, but I, I don't know in some of those cases, if it's pride or it's just ignorance, they're not aware enough of self to understand their, in other words, it doesn't matter that Disney came out and, and said the exact same thing that I was saying. It, it just, they, they can't understand it yeah. because of cognitive dissonance, selective perception, selective exposure. Which is why we have the Christianity Now podcast, because so we want to shine a light on that. But I agree with you. They, they'll never apologize. Sometimes it's because of pride. David James Stafford says, our children, James and Abigail, are 14 months apart. My daughter's named Abigail. And uh, yeah, 14. So you, you, it's like you was raising twins. Right. Oh, speaking of twins, Tony, I don't guess I've, well, I mean, you have seen a few pictures on Facebook because we're friends on Facebook, I guess, but you know, I need to send you a couple more when I have time, but I tell you, it's strange. Seven years apart between Cheyenne and Molly, Molly looks, she looks just like Cheyenne did seven years ago. They look like twins that are separated by seven years. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. They look very, very much alike. It's amazing. Like twins. That's what made me think of it. All right. So I got a good comment here. We're gonna we're gonna hit this with a hammer. This is from Larry Cox. It's easiest to define Christian nationalism by contrasting it with Christianity. Christianity is a religion. It's a set of beliefs about ultimate things. Most importantly, about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Now listen close to this, Aaron. It Christianity 
is drawn from the Bible, from the Nicene Creed, and from the Apostles' Creed. See anything wrong with that statement? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's two not, out of three is, a, is, is idiocy. Yeah. Christianity Creed. is not drawn from the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. That's Catholicism and its, and its variants. Whatever it is, it's not, yeah. it's not the Bible. So no. Christianity is not drawn from the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed. So in my estimation, everything that we read after that is just bunk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, All it's right, not, rev- not revelation from God. That's it. All right. It's good to have Christians in various public offices. But we cannot legislate Christianity Christianity upon everyone. No one is saying that. Yeah. Making it illegal to sexually groom our children and making it illegal to teach them that white people are bad is not legislating Christianity upon everyone. Upon everybody. No. It's not. That is what you call a straw man, my brethren. Yeah. That's not our goal, is what this person says. Nation building is the crux of the problem with Christian nationalism. No, again, you've built a straw man here. Maybe it is, but that's not what we're talking about. Nope, not at all. We are the we are kingdom of God builders, not earthly nation builders. Our building efforts are through one-to-one interactions empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'd be interested to understand how you think it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, dealing with that. And and he's got another comment where he asks, what is so wrong with teaching black history in K-1 through K-12? I, I didn't say anything about that. Nobody said anything. In fact, well, actually, I do think it's wrong to teach black history. History is not black. <laughs> no. That's racist. If you can te- teach black history, why couldn't I teach white history? I- I'm done pussyfooting around with all of this mess. The world has pushed it on us so hard that Christians are embarrassed and ashamed to say anything that would go crossways with what is politically correct. That's it. That's it. Well, I mean, what, what, so so the same way someone says, you know. Uh, Defining Christianity this way and by the Bible and these kind of things. Well, what would you learn from the Bible, from the gospel, that would teach you as a white person to teach white history, or would teach you as a black person to teach black history? What? What? what, That's my honest question. What from Scripture would move you to do that? What? Because I, you know, I thought Galatians three would be the principle there that we're all one in Christ, and you wouldn't. I I just, it, 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 it concerns me. That some brethren are more, they're more concerned. They get their kicks. They find their identity is the right way to say it. They find yeah. their identity from their physical and national and linguistic background instead of their Christian heritage, you know, as being in Christ. They, uh, it concerns me when when brethren, well, we need more white people in this congregation. We need more black people in this congregation. We need more Asian people in this country. What? I, why are we, you know, setting this up like it's a numbers game? Like, you know, well, if we can have so many black, so many white, so many Hispanic, so many all this kind of stuff, 
you just you love the souls of men and women, no matter what their skin color is. And however the chips fall through evangelism, that's what you have. That's the size of the congregation, the way the Lord wants it. But but anyhow, I yeah, I think well, I think I think what's wrong with teaching black history the way the world does is is that it is that it teaches people that emphasis needs to be placed on one nationality over the other because. I, I don't see people teaching exclusively Native American history or black or excuse me, white history or Asian history or anything like that. I I don't know. As a Christian, that bothers my conscience really bad to like oh. segment it like that where we need to have black, white, Asian and so forth history and all that. I just Of, of course me. it does. Well these these people have gone have have progressed so far that they've gone around the world and, and they're back to being regressed. Now they're preaching and teaching segregation. There are there are there are people in our society doing that. And here's the thing: That's the the people crazy. that are actually evil that do believe that people that certain groups of people are inferior to the others, they don't care who's calling for the segregation. They don't care who's calling for the oppression. They just want them segregated and oppressed. For instance. In Harvard, there was two graduation ceremonies, a black graduation and a white graduation. There are black-only spaces in certain colleges. Okay, well, that's back. <laughs> Let's go back to before the civil rights yeah. era. Yep. And the people, the, the people that are actually evil, they don't care that you're segregated in the name of fairness and equality. They just want you segregated. Because we're easier to control when we're at each other's throats. Do you know the time in our nation where we, back in the 80s and the 90s, I really was like, hey, man, we, we've got this licked. We're, we're good. And, and I, I, when I say 80s, I'm talking about late 80s. I'm a 77 model, so I wasn't, you know, I was a child of the 80s, and I had my coming of age in the 90s. Racism just wasn't an issue. And you might look at me and think, well, Tony, you're a white person. You'd think racism wasn't an issue. I lived in Memphis, and I hung out in Orange Mound. I hung out in Orange Mound. Go look that up. I spent time in Binghampton. I went anywhere and everywhere. It just wasn't an issue. We didn't have segregated histories. We didn't have segregated entertainment. You watched the Cosby Show. You watched Keenan and Peele. You watched Monique, you had all of these, all of our, all of our favorite entertainers. It was the, the, it, the, and now the, the whole, the whole evening in primetime television looked like BET. Now, black entertainment is segregated to the BET channel. Why is that? Who, who did that? If, if I were black people, I would be angry. Because we no longer have prime time. We no longer have mainstream representation or entertainment. We're, we're segregated. Well, they were segregated for equality and fairness. But the people that are actually evil, they don't care. They just, they just want the segregation. So don't come to me with that foolishness. It's sad and it's illogical that these universities now are having segregated graduations. That people that were oppressed by systematic racism that literally, I mean, like to kill a Malkinbird type scenario, right? 
that faced yeah. those kinds of things in those days. In my mind, it's an insult to them because, you know, many of those people long to have what we have and what we enjoy today. And now universities think they're helping the process by segregating the graduations again. Just the arguments. Yeah. I've read some of the arguments for it. It's illogical. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's the same arguments that was used in, in, in the, the pre-civil rights era. It, it doesn't matter the reason for the segregation. The segregation is evil. Yeah. Do you have a problem with teaching about slavery and Jim Crow? Not if it's done rightly. Not if it's done from the standpoint of this is the way it was. Teach history the way the Bible teaches history. Lay out the facts. Don't give me commentary on it. That's my problem. Yeah. Oh, the Bible really lays out. I mean, judges. Ooh. Yeah. God never pulled the wool over any, on anybody's eyes about how his people were and how wicked yeah. they got. And then we have, uh, hold on a second. There's one more comment I want to read. When I was in school in the 60s and 70s, there were no black history taught. First off, I don't believe that. I believe that you're misremembering. And number two, that's anecdotal. And besides which, I don't give the premises there's, there, that there's such a thing as black history. There's just history. That's it. Yeah. There's just history. Yeah. And I tell you, I was in school in the 80s, and I knew all about slavery, and I knew all about the Native Americans. I knew all about the Trail of Tears. I knew all about Jim Crow. I knew all about segregation. I knew all about the fire hoses and the German shepherds being sicked on peaceful black protesters that only wanted the ability to live and be in the same spaces as the people they shared the earth with. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. We all knew that. That, that was something that was just known because it was taught, and it was taught fairly, and we were taught. It doesn't matter whether you're red, yellow, black, and white. We are all precious in his sight, and you have the same opportunities. It doesn't matter if you're born in the ghetto. It doesn't matter if you're born in the trailer park. It doesn't matter if you're born to a crack whore. It doesn't matter if you're born to a CEO. You can achieve the lofty heights of success in Western culture in the United States because of these people who fought this battle before you. And now we have regressed to the point where if you're born in the ghetto, the man is keeping you down and you can't do anything about it. You're oppressed. And what does that do? That makes an entire group of people angry and disenfranchised and resentment and resentful, rather, and it keeps us at each other's throats, and it makes it easy for the upper elite to control the nation yep. and, and take it in the direction they want it to go. Divide us more and more. Yep. They don't care why the segregation happens. They yep. want it to happen. So and they can use it to their played, benefit. Yes, and we have played into it because we are largely fools, and fools like people like this person that is coming up with this foolishness. I'm a little riled up. It's, we need to open our eyes. We need to wake up. We, we need to, you know, be listeners, but we don't need to be pushovers. We don't need to be people who buy in to the world system 
and what the world system says. We, of all people, we need to be uh, not skeptical, but the people who scrutinize everything. Yeah. And our children and our grandchildren are being taught things, not just as it pertains to race. That's just one of them. But they're being taught things on a daily basis through the world system, school systems, other public offices that are not logical. They're wrong. Right. They're backwards. And they're, they're false. That's they're, it. So, uh, but anyhow, I wonder if the apostles could quote the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> you know, you hear so much about the Apostles' Creed. I know it. The Apostles' Creed. I wonder if the Apostles wrote the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> <laughs> if they did, where is it in the you know in the book? Ain't that the truth? All right, yeah. Dave. I want to read this message from David James Stafford. History and the, and and the reason. Well, no, no, I was sorry. Sometimes. I bring levity to situations where levity is bad. So I was going to try to be levity, be bring levity here, but I, I'm not. I was going to say, um, I'm, I was going to say I'm reading this. Uh, I, I was reading this comment because he's right because he agreed with me. But that's not why I'm reading it. It's just right whether or not it agrees with me or not. Anyway, history is history. Open quote. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the boundaries of their habitation. Acts seventeen twenty six. History is history. Period. When you treat history the way history is supposed to be treated, and you tell the history and you just give the facts, then that's. That that's that's people, what that's what we need to do. People need to know what happened in every area of society in our past. Oh, good grief! Try to try to restrain yourself there on that comment, brother. I'm I'm, I'm I, it's just you know that's it's stupid. These kinds of things, you know, even if they're true, these kinds of things happen. This is not I know not what we're talking about. You know that, and and somebody that would say that. You know they they may not be racist. They may just be lazy. Like if I get in a, if I get in an altercation with a black man and I call him that, I'm not racist. I'm just lazy. It's low hanging fruit. That's like if you get in a fight with me and you call me fat. You're too lazy to come up with anything more creative than calling me fat. That doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you're, you're doesn't yeah. mean you hate fat people. You're anti all people that are you know announce over what the doctor says is fat. Yeah. Oh, good grief! In, in fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna delete this comment. Jonathan Jonathan said, "I don't know if you want to read it." The LGBT plus is soaked in our culture. The children's show author uh, featured that uh, a gay yeah. wedding. Apparently, that was recently. It was on PBS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And us standing against that is not Republican. Us standing no, against exactly. that is not <laughs> – let me go back for just a moment. Us standing against that is not Christian nationalism. No. That's preaching the word of God and living by the word of God. Now, I will say this. If you stand against that, if you stand against telling, telling white people they're evil and telling black people they're oppressed, and if you stand against – LGBTQ indoctrination of our children, if you stand against uh, castrating our males, if you stand against uh, performing elective mastectomy on girls as young as 12 years old, 
there are two political parties in this nation. If you stand against it, you align yourself with the Republicans. If you stand with it, you align yourself with the Democrats. Yeah, that's their platforms. That's I mean, their that's, platform. That's nothing to do with white or black or south or north or fat or skinny. That's just that's their platforms. That's what they yeah. tell you. Why yeah. can't we accept that, Tony? That that's what they. Why can't we accept that that that's what they say and that's what the platform. That's what the party. They kicked John D. Berry, our brother John D. Berry, out of the Democrat Party in conservative Tennessee because he wouldn't stand for abortion and LGBT. Yep. And he's he not white skin. He's black skin. I know it. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. If you don't vote for Democrats, you ain't black. Right. That's what we're constantly told. Joe Biden said it. Yep. And the news media washed over it. Yep. In fact, if if you don't toe the party line of the Democratic Party, you're considered a white supremacist. Larry Elder run against Gavin Newsom in California, and he was called the black face of white supremacy. Oh yeah. I saw that. The, it, it doesn't matter, folks. Quit. I, I like what Morgan Freeman said. Morgan Freeman was asked by an interviewer about how we squash all this racism and stuff like that. He said, just stop, stop referring to me as a black man. I'm not a black actor. I'm an actor. Yeah. Yeah. I got I to gotta be done. I didn't want to talk about this. Today. I know. I want to say one more thing just about yeah. oppression yeah. in general. Oppression. Just to say, well, this segment of society is oppressed, and this uh, th there's individuals in various places all over the earth that are oppressed. Yep. You know, at different times and for different reasons, and it doesn't mean it's right. That's we it. oppose that as Christians to I oppress know. people. That's sinful. But just to blanket it like social justice does and just try to deal with people as categories and not as human beings with a soul that they're individuals. That's one of the fundamental problems with social justice. It doesn't deal with people. It deals with groups of people and it casts yeah. blame. That's the same. It's like, it's like, it's like before the civil rights, it's like we've, we've gone backwards. Like, you know, before the civil rights, uh, when there was systematic racism in the system and to kill a mockingbird could happen and did happen. Yeah, it's like it's like that doesn't happen today, I anyhow. But that doesn't mean that that racism and prejudice doesn't exist, right? Yeah, I know. Obvious. We're talking about individuals. That's it. The only way that can be quote unquote fixed or helped is by godliness and the gospel. You're you're not Wait, going to be able to force people to do what's right. Let me tell you something happened to me, or, or excuse me, it didn't happen to me. I experienced this. I had a friend at the time, a black man. I hate this nomenclature. He, quote, unquote, tried out at a congregation. It was a congregation that he'd been filling in for for quite some time. It's a congregation in Arkansas that's very close to the Memphis School of Preaching. All right? He, he, he went for an interview. They told him that there were members in the congregation that said, if you hire him, we're going to leave and not be back because he's black. <laughs> and the elders said, that's why we're not hiring you. Mm. I made a post about it on Facebook, and these same cowardly, spineless, 
wishy-washy, mealy-mouthed, pathetic virtue signalers that virtue about how Christianity Sunday's the most segregated day in the nation and we need to fix the race relations. When I actually called it out, I was told I needed to be quiet. Now, why? Why? I want to know why. I was the bad guy for shining a light on it and saying, why are you still treating them like they're okay? Why are you still treating them as if they're in fellowship with God? They said it. They said, we're not hiring you because you're black. Not only is it ungodly, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these, these foolish, cowardly, yellow-bellied men acquiesced to these fools, these evil people in the congregation. You know, I was invited to come and, and speak at a VBS or something like that years later. You know what I said? I said, that congregation is, is, is racist, and I'll come and speak, but I'll speak on the sin of racism. They told me I couldn't. Hmm. But see, I'm the bad guy. See, m- most people like this guy, what, what's his name here? Larry Cox. He'll step up in a live stream like this, but he won't do anything when it actually harms him. I've been ostracized by people because of how I speak up against people who are racist. I make it public. If you're going to be, if you're going to be racist, I get to publicly shame you, but I've been told I'm the bad guy. Wonder why? Because they're fools, they're cowards, and they're pretenders. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm tempted. It was the Marion Church of Christ in Marion, Arkansas. Sad. And it was key forward. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm 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 disgusted. Yeah, we should be disgusted with sin and idiocy and inconsistency and catering to people that, you know, hold themselves one way, but they're another way when they want to be. But but that congregation was protected, Aaron. I wonder why. wonder who they gave money to. wonder who. I, I, I don't know. I'm, now I'm being a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. So, yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Whenever you find an issue of, an issue of actual racism, stand up when it costs you something. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Until you do that, shut your foolish mouth. I remember, I remember, Tony, when I was different time, you know, I was, I don't know how old I was, um, probably in my early teens, maybe, uh, there was a city pool, right, right or wrong. You know, when I was a kid, we went to the city pool Yeah, and, uh, I had a, a, a black friend that, uh, wanted to come. They would let visitors come. It was a, it was a, it was like a club, you know, you paid once a year to come or something, but a club member could invite a visitor in like, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if they allowed it once a month or once a year. I mean, I I may have been younger than I may have been like eight or 10 or something in there, 11 ish. I bet I remember this. They wouldn't let my black friend come in. They didn't say it was because he was black. There were no other black people swimming in there. And I had never noticed that until then I realized that I was like something that my mom and dad who were not 
worldly term social justice vigilantes. Mom and dad were right. not like that, but mom and dad were faithful Christians. That's they it. were strong. They were mom and dad. They talked to the management. They said, why is he not allowed to be in? And they kept pressing it. And I don't remember if they actually said, but the only thing mom and dad could walk away with was because he lived in a rougher part of town and he was black. He wasn't white. My mom and dad, they said, we don't want our membership anymore. We're not going to do this okay. because y'all aren't letting them in because they're black. And they wouldn't deny it. They didn't. As far as I know, they didn't yeah. deny that. They just, well, they just, their silence, their complacent, you know, complicence. That, that, that standing that, up when it costs you something. They, you it know? did. And, you know, it didn't cost us millions of bucks, but it cost us worldly. Well, um, you no longer had access to the friends pool. and access to the pool and, and other things like that. Ostracized but, by your social group. Yeah. You know, and I didn't really, really understand that then. But as I got older, I started appreciating my parents for that because yeah. there were not, there were not thousands of black people lined up around the pool of the fence demanding to come in or they would choke my mom and dad. You know, right. they did it because they were convicted about this. Uh, yeah. Not because they were scared to death. Somebody's going to kill them or burn their house down. You That's know? it. And there's some of that in our society too, the other extreme, but they Deborah, did it because they were convicted about it. Deborah O'Neill says, I'm very late. Been to the vet. Deborah, I hope, I hope everything's okay, and you might need to go to the doctor. Vets work on animals. You're, <laughs> surely you're a human. She surely she took her pet, surely. <laughs> oh, uh, Aaron, I don't think this, we got time for the video today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do need to cut it off here. I, you got I, something uh, you need to get back to, don't you? I do. No, I do. surely not. What's her name again? <laughs> Tell us again. Molly. Molly. M-O-L-L-Y. Molly June, so I call her MJ. MJ. Uh -oh. MJ. You keep Spider-Man away from her. <laughs> she don't have red hair, you reckon? I, Mama didn't want to say one way or the other at first. It looked a little red, a little brownish, and I don't know. Last I heard, Mama said it looks more brown than red, so I don't know. Well, you know, Cheyenne's is, is like an auburn. Yeah. A little dark, unless it's gotten lighter. I don't know. I hadn't seen her in yeah. a couple years. Yeah. It's definitely hers. Is, Cheyenne's is definitely red. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um. Thanks, Deborah O'Neill. Your baby came. Yay. Yes, yes. ma'am. Absolutely. Okay, Deborah says she took two dogs. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. I I I'm I'm I do not apologize nor repent of my rant nor any of the things that I said in in it. I I am sorry. I am sorry for the need to say those kind of things. Yeah. I take I take um I take uh Oh, come on. Dave Chappelle's line of reasoning. The more you tell me I cannot say something, the more of a need there is for me to say it. Yep. Yep. Larry yep. Cox, what a stupid statement. There is not more pressure on black people to stop talking about race than there is for racists to stop being racist. That's a stupid, stupid, foolish myopic comment, Larry. That's absolutely not true. <laughs> the system doesn't want racism to end. It just wants you to stop talking about it. What a stupid... Uh, the, the system, as we said, they want to use it. They want to use the division of race to accomplish their own purposes. Well, that's the thing. So his... his his comment here is contradictory. On one hand, 
it's we're systemically and institutionally racist. On the other, we don't want to uh, have people talking about it to make us more divided and make the system more systemically and institutionally racist. Yeah, that's contradictory. They want you to talk about it, I promise. Yeah. The, the powers that be want you to talk about race. How do we know they want you to talk about race? Because the people that are in power, that's all they talk about. It's always some line of division. It's always some line of division. And it's not my opinion. And, and incidentally, if you want to throw that accusation out, right here it is. There, there's the comment for those of you that are watching. Notice that there's more pressure on black people to stop talking about race than there is for racists to stop being racist. The system doesn't want racism to end. It just wants you to stop talking about it. There's no facts there that can be proven by anything. That's anecdotal. It's your opinion. And I'm saying go to CNN, go to MSNBC, go to any of a thousand different uh, political pundits on YouTube from the, from the liberal left. It's all about racism and sexism and ageism, and they're trying to divide us. Many are they, saying the ultimate. I'm sorry. The, well, I'm, they, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, many in the public eye, uh, the the mainstream media are saying that the problems that we exist, the, the problems that exist in our society, are all because of 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 homophobic white men. You know, that's it. well, that, that's why Brittany Griner was brought home from Russia. Yeah, they said the 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 powers that be, they said it right out loud. Yep. We didn't want to bring home a cis white male. We go. shouldn't have traded any of them for the Lord of War. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, but the powers that be, they are making a point that is constant. They're praising LGBT. They're appointing leaders that are LGBT openly. Yep. And they're and they're making a big deal about it. This is the first time ever that someone of this sexual identity has ever uh, obtained or possessed or held this position. I mean, I yeah. see it on the news often. It's constant. It's I know. It's it's that, out there. It's not opinion. That's facts. Just watch I, the mainstream media, not the so-called right wing. Watch the so-called mainstream media. Identity politics is what it's referred to, and this this line of intersection. Yeah, Trump divided America. I'm blocking you. You're done. There are people are what a bigoted what a bigoted statement Trump yeah. divided America. <laughs> Trump received an America divided, regardless of what you think about him. Yeah. Been that way for a long time. <laughs> well, not I don't know how long. Yeah. I would say, well, I would I would to, honestly to the I degree, would go back. To the I would degree go back, we're at now. Yeah. yeah, to the degree I would go back to Barack Obama. Yeah. He he really whenever whenever he whenever he bought into that hands up don't shoot lie. And he said, I think his name is Michael Brown. He said that 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 he looked like my child. And he he didn't come out against the police, uh the violence against the police. He didn't he didn't contradict the lies about the hands up don't shoot in Ferguson. 
he just fed into that. Yeah, that was bad. That was yeah. bad. So, Tony, you mean there are actually people that are bigoted against Trump? Evidently, the I know that the mainstream media is constantly saying that Trump is the only one that's bigoted. Basically, that he's the me, <laughs> he he's he's the face of all the white people. You know, he's he's bigoted. I know, as, as though nobody else can be bigoted or something. It's like, like the world, like history began whenever he took yeah, office. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. In fact, it's so funny. Oh, America is so terrible. America is so divided, and America is so systemically racist. And it's all Trump's fault. Trump has never been a politician. 2016 was when he took office. Let's say that America is systemically racist. Let's say America is institutionally racist. And the sole reason for the government is to keep black people impoverished and, and, and slaves, although they look like they're free. You think Trump did that? You think that started in 2016? In four years. Come on, people. He was able, as diverse as America is, that old white dude was able to start systemic racism <laughs> or push it. I, anyhow, that's not, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not wholesaling supporting everything that I, Trump said or did. I know, I know you're not either. That's just, here's the thing. I shouldn't even the, have to say that. These people, these people that are, that are so, it's, talk to people. Talk to immigrants from Africa about the United States and yeah. whether or not they think the United States is systemically racist. I'm not talking about third-generation immigrants. I'm talking about people, who's, people who just got off the plane and are trying to get their permanent residence. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are three families at the Riverview Church of Christ. Two of them are from Nigeria. One of them is from Cameroon. All three, all, all three of them are from Africa. They're, they're brand new uh, from Africa. And we talk about this, and we talk about the foolishness of this culture that thinks that black people are oppressed. They don't see it. They say there's more opportunity here than there is in any place in the world. Yep. Anyway. It's kind of like that guy. You remember that guy? Was it twenty sixteen or twenty twenty? There was a Hispanic man from. Ah, uh, I think uh, maybe Cuba, and he's over here legally and all that stuff. He was like, he was speaking at some of the events for Trump. I guess it was twenty sixteen. I can't remember. Yeah. But he was up there, and I really appreciated his speech so much. He, he was talking about – he was either from Cuba or – where is it in South America? Is all of South America communist, or is it one or two major Brazil and, I don't – Colombia? I can't remember exactly. He was from well, – They're all socialist. Yeah. Okay. Regardless from, of what they identify as, they, they, they're, they're socialist. At minimum, they're socialist. They're, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, anyhow, like I said, I can't – Taking away some of my credibility, my comment, I guess, but he was either from Cuba or he was from one of the countries in South America. And he was talking about his own personal experience and the atrocities that happen in those socialistic, communistic societies. Right. And see, so he comes to America and he loves this place. He does not see his people, his people, I being know. treated that way here. I know. 
Well, that, that's I, I, guess, I guess the I, I guess the mainstream media would just say, "Well, he's being paid to lie." I guess that's what they would say. Well, so, that, that's the only thing they can I, say. I, yeah, yeah. And and look, this is again, this is the Christianity Now podcast. This is this is the thing that the church is facing. The church is facing this division. The the church is facing this division. Yeah, and we've got to rise above it. Mm-hmm. And people like this guy that was in the comment section today, all they do is divide. The people that came at me whenever I called out that racism in that congregation, they're the problems as well. Because out of one side of their mouth, they virtue signal and say how bad it is for black people in the United States. But out of the other side, they won't stand united with me whenever an example of actual racism happens. Cowards. That's why I have no. Res- that's why. That's why I have such a strong response to people like that, because yeah. I know when it comes to the nut cut, you're back in the bunkhouse. Yep. Yep. You don't want to get your hands dirty. You want to Sounds- stand up there on your white horse and say, "I'm a good person." Our ivory tower. Yes. Sounds get like not. Sa- Go away. Sounds like not being willing to confess Christ. That's what it is. Exactly. All right, Aaron. We got to end on a positive note. Look, we've already gone over. Let's watch the video. The the positive, I was just going to say, the positive note is we're not expecting people to agree with us. We don't have that ability. We're expecting people to to do what is right and to accept truth and not lies. Pay attention to what's going on. Be aware that people in the world system are doing that it's not that's not I know we are so blinded to think there it's that what was the word you used a moment ago I had it pulled up there myopic the, yeah the no before that about denying the facts the the oh uh, um I was trying to go back the uh, the normalcy bias oh, this yes. is this is a huge problem we're denying that these things are actually happening but sometimes people are out of one side of their mouth. They're saying they're happening, but they're not. They're not actually when they see it. They don't actually call it out. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. And 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 they'll they'll attack you for calling it out because you're just causing trouble. <laughs> well, no, no, the trouble is there. I'm just yep. shining a light on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good stuff. Let's watch this video because it, it ties in. Well, it don't don't tie into this conversation. Ties into your announcement. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. I spoke at a college in Boston. Let me let me get us up here. All right. He spoke at a college in Boston. One time they said, Hoban, you can come speak at our college if our professors can ask you any questions they want. Because we like to show to students how dumb you Christians really are. I said I would be honored to come for that. <laughs> So I showed up, there were six professors and all their students in the room. You know, I felt like Daniel in the lion's den. I said, folks, I got my charts out. I said, folks, I believe the Bible. I believe 6,000 years ago, God made everything. And 4,400 years ago, there was a flood that destroyed everything. Noah saved two of each kind, not species, kind on the ark. And then I told them what they believe, because most of them don't know what they believe. You know, 20 billion years ago, Big Bang, 4.6 billion years ago, uh, Earth cooled down, rained on the rocks for millions of years and turned them into soup and the soup came alive. (laughs) <laughs> One professor was really upset. He said, Hoban, do you realize there are hundreds of varieties of dogs in the world? I said, oh, yeah, there's a bunch. 
He said, do you mean to tell me that you believe all those dogs came from just two dogs on Noah's Ark? <laughs> you expect me to believe that? I said, sir, would you look at what you're teaching your students? Notice he didn't answer that question. Uh, it, it does Because, yes, I'm expecting you to believe that because it's true. Yeah. But he didn't deal with it. Yeah. All right. You're teaching your students that all those dogs came from a rock. Yep. He didn't have any more questions after that. But anyway, who did Adam's sons marry? Well, the Bible says Adam lived after he begat Seth 800 years and begat sons and daughters. How many kids could you have in 800 years? <laughs> Several, right? A friend of mine in Arkansas has 15 kids in 15 years. I met a family from Minnesota with 20 children, all of them under 20. It's cold in Minnesota. <laughs> so who did Adam's sons marry? Well, duh, they married sisters. You say, married sisters? Well, calm down. First place, there's no other choice, okay? So before we get into this, um, I, I was, I, I really enjoyed this point, and I never thought about it, um, about... Um, the timeline of, of Adam and um, yep. how long he lived and exactly who would have been alive on the earth. And in fact, um, when you look at the timeline, Noah, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, I can't remember which one it is, but Abraham, it is possible well, for about 150 years, there was an overlap between Abraham and one of Noah's sons. And Abraham could have actually talked to one of Noah's sons about what it was like to build the ark and to be on the ark. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, let's keep going. Secondly, who are you going to report them to? <laughs> Think about it. Thirdly, there were no laws against it until 2,500 years later when Moses gave the law. They didn't need laws against it at first. For the first thousand years or so, the race had genetically no defects, no problem marrying sisters. See, everything about you is inherited. Even having children is hereditary. If your parents don't have any, you won't either. You say, wow, I never thought about that. Well, think about it. You'll see I'm right. People say, you can't marry sisters. What about genetic similarity? Adam married his rib. Talk about genetic similarity. <laughs> it's not going, to be an, not going to be a problem, okay? And you won't notice this reading the Bible, but when you graph out the dates, it's pretty amazing. You'll realize that Adam lived long enough to know his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. Noah's daddy could have known Adam for 56 years. Can you imagine a family reunion back in those days? All right, everybody hop on the camel. We're going to go visit great, 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 great grandpa Adam. And he's going to tell us what it was like in the Garden of Eden before the first woman ate the first man out of house and home. Could you imagine that? That's amazing. Being able to go and and talk to Adam. Yeah. What was it like? What does it mean that God walked in the garden with you in the cool of the evening? Yeah, what was it like? Something yeah. else. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. How long have you and Lindsay been married? Uh, 13 years. Well, how come you, you only have two children? Why, why ain't you got 13? <laughs> right. You can have one a year, evidently. Right. 
What did he say? They had, they had 25 and 25 years or something? No, 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 no. He, he, the he Duggars say? had 15 children. and as, as, There was one um, person in Minnesota had 20 children, all of them under the age of 20. It gets very cold in Minnesota. Yeah. So probably what happens is uh, they conceived one before they tied the knot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's some twins or triplets in there somewhere. Very well could be. Very well could be. But yeah, it gets cold in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, um, I just thought that was neat. It, it's you know talking about birthing babies and having children and yeah. genetic inheritance and stuff like that. And I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm congratulatory. I am happy that you have a second child and yeah, all went you. well. Yeah, and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's like Scott Beck said. Miss Molly is a positive. That's he said, it. I'm not something positive. Yeah, and the only the only acknowledgement I'm going to give this comment about Christian nationalism is uh, nobody's nobody is uh, extolling the virtues of Christian nationalism. No, but to say that we need more Christians involved in politics, that's not a Christian nationalistic idea. No, uh, to say that to to point out the party platform and what one political party stands for versus another and say that one is objectively evil and one is at least morally neutral that's not Christian nationalism either Mm-mm. so yeah um, that's all I've got to say about that God had, God had kings in the Old Testament <laughs> yeah you that know, were God's and, people, and they were, were they were not they were not very good people. No, most of them were ungodly, but some of them were godly. Yeah, you know, like David and others. They did Hezekiah. They did mm-hmm. godly things, and they were they held quote unquote political power. That's it. There were individuals in political power that converted by Christians under the Christian oh, yeah. age. That's it. Yeah, this idea of like totally being divorced from civil power and civil authority is not the bible doesn't teach that the gospel well, doesn't teach that there are, i hear a lot of brethren extolling that idea and they, the bible doesn't teach that at all in fact i think it no. teaches the opposite the my my issue with uh with all of this is there are three institutions god given institutions the family the church and the government Mm-hmm. Nobody would say that Christians need not meddle with the family. Certainly, no one would say that Christians need not meddle with the church. Why do we need to divorce Christians and the government? I think it's because when, it bothers people's conscience. It comes down to a matter of conscience. Yeah, I think you're right. Not they can't point their finger on a verse and say this verse says it's a sin if a Christian holds a civil office. I mean, they can't, yeah. doesn't say or, that. Or it's a sin to talk about politics. Yeah. It's it's a sin to talk about those that are in governmental authorities, yep. you know, what how they need to obey God's law and that kind That's of thing. It. That's it. Hey, Paul wrote how the civil government is supposed to obey God, Romans 13, 1 through 4. I know. And, and I, 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 can't, I can't talk about this anymore. Anyhow, I know. Because it makes me angry because there's so many cowards and fools and people are not willing to sacrifice anything for their beliefs. That's my opinion, number two. 
the reason that so many want to divorce themselves completely from the civil, you know, like trying to affect or influence or call out the sin of civil leaders and stuff, I think it's because they don't want any kind of attention no, or persecution. No, no I, and I, I mean, I get that to a degree. We all struggle that to a degree yeah. in different areas, but you know. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to ride my horse to Rome and slap the emperor. <laughs> right. That's right. dumb. Right. Yep. But I will. I will tell the truth. And the more I'm told to shut up, the more I'm going to tell. Yep. And anyway. I, I'm and I'm trying to build the courage to at least try to address and handle what's in my own life, my own family, and my own backyard. That's it. You know. That's it. All right. Well. Congratulations on Molly. Thank you so much. And Cheyenne great. and Molly. Yep. So good. Thanks for all those comments. Everybody's wishing me well. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. So you got anything to say before we close, Aaron? No. I like that comment that was made earlier uh, by David Stafford about, you know, how he said that God made from one nation and history is history. and. And that's, that's, that's the thing. We're all God's children, even physically. We're all God's children physically, you know. That's we it. Have a, and um, anyhow, that's it. That's it. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was, I was standing with a black man who was raised or reared in the United States of America from several generations of black men who were reared from the United States of America. And I was standing with a black man who was reared in Jamaica. And I was also standing with a white man who was reared in the United States of America. <laughs> and we were talking about this, and I made the point that what the, the issue is, most people would look at this foursome and say there are two different ethnic origins here. And they would lump me and the white person as one ethnic origin and the two black people as another ethnic origin. But when you study the word as it's used, it's me and the, it's two, there are two, two uh, different ethnic origins as the word is used, but it's me, the white man, and the black man from the United States. And the one from Jamaica is of a different ethnic origin. You see, it doesn't matter the color of the skin. It's like Elon Musk is from Africa. That, that's his ethnic origin. That's his yeah. ethnicity. Elon Musk is, Elon Musk is from Africa. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama is from the United States. He's not, he's not African. That, that's something to be said about that. So anyway, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Congratulations on Molly. This has been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dodson with Christianity Now. We'll be back again next week, and uh, we'll have some videos for you to watch, and uh, we'll have some commentary about them, and uh, we'll try to uh, we'll try to bring some humor, some entertainment, and some profundity. Uh, hey, and, to, it, and if you want to, we'll try to start as close to ten as we can. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I know so we've I, been bopping around, but yeah, it's close. Well, it's, it's close to the top of the hour, so. For yeah. me, it's noon. For That's Aaron, right. it's ten. That's right. So it's 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 a uh, ten central, eleven eastern, twelve Atlantic, mm-hmm. and that's right, Scott. I did. My blood was boiling today. All right. God bless y'all. This has been Tony Brunner and Aaron Dodson with Christianity Now. We hope you decide to support us. Look for that in the show notes. 
We'll catch y'all on the flip side.